Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. My name is Des, and this is my wife, Kim, and today we're going to read for you from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through to 14. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Amen. Amen. Well, we are so happy to have our lead pastors, Pastor Mary and Pastor RJ, with the word today called Navigating Change. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be blessed. Thank you. Pastor RJ and Mary, take it away. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We hope you're doing well this morning. We hope you've gathered the family together, got your coffee, got your tea. Maybe you're still in your jammies, that's all good. Cozy up with a blanket, get everybody on the couch and settle in. We hope we can bring you a message today that will encourage you and edify you. Before we get started this morning though, we wanted to say a few thank yous out there to all of our first responders, our emergency personnel, our armed forces, all of our doctors, our nurses, our personal support workers, all of our in-home workers, all of those emergency services like our grocery stores and pharmacies and all those personnel, um, and anyone and everyone who is out there in various environments risking exposure, we thank you so much for your service for us. We thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you so much for your labor of love. We thank you also to all of the families of all of these people that you are um, also bearing that burden with them because you're separated from them and I'm sure that there's some worry, there's some anxiety that goes along with it when you're not with your families in this time and they're out there um, risking being exposed. 
So we just want to thank you so much for all you do. And we would like to ask you all right now, if you would agree with us in prayer right now, we would like to lift all of those people up who are serving us right now and their families in prayer. So Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all of our first responders, our emergency personnel, our armed forces, our doctors and nurses, all of our personal support workers, Lord God, all of the people that are working in the emergency services for us, our grocers, our pharmacies, all of those people who are out there, God, working to serve us. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around all of them, Lord God. Protect them, Father, as they are going out to serve us, working tirelessly, Lord God, hours upon end to serve our community, to protect our community. And I thank you, Father God, that you would lift up and preserve their families. Lord God, guard them and keep them. Give them grace to keep going. We pray that you would strengthen them, that you would edify them, that you would refresh them and renew them, Lord God, each day as they wake up to go out again to serve you and to serve our community, to serve all of us in the Windsor and Essex County area. We thank you, Father God, for all that they're doing. We thank you, Father God, for their labor of love. In Jesus' name. And the other thing that we wanted to lift up today is we know that many of you in your households um, have lost employment. There's many people that have been laid off. There's many people that haven't been getting as many hours uh, as they used to. So they're a little bit concerned about money as we go through this time and this season. And partnered with that, we really get a sense when we go out in the community that there's a lot of people struggling with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. So I'd like to pray for anyone struggling with fear and anxiety today and anyone that's maybe been laid off or lost income right now. We're going to look to Jesus to provide for us all of our needs. So Father, we thank you today for each individual that's listening. And Lord, for those that maybe their income's gone down and they're not sure where their next paycheck's going to come from. Those that maybe don't have enough money to make ends meet in the natural. Lord, we're going to look to you today, and your word tells us that when we put you first, when we seek your kingdom, that our food, clothing, and shelter gets provided for. And Father, this day we speak specifically to the spirit of fear that's trying to permeate the hearts of men and women everywhere, and we come against anxiety in the name of Jesus, and we speak the peace of Jesus over each and every individual today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to be talking a little bit about navigating change, but I would like to add a little bit to that. It's not just navigating through change, but we want to navigate through change together, and we want to navigate through change, not just together, but not losing who we are in all of this crisis. That means being Christians. Our identity is in Christ, so we want to navigate through this change together as Christians. So I want to begin by opening up in 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. And it says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. 
Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Church, let's remember that as Christians in this time, it's our time to shine. It's our time to actually put to practice what we say we believe and why we believe it. It's important that we understand and take to heart too that Jesus is our hope, he's our salvation, he's our light in the darkness, and he's our way maker. It's so important too that in this time that we can either allow the worst of humanity to come out or we can allow the best of our humanity to shine through. And the best of us is Jesus who lives inside of us. You know, I say it all the time. God does everything through relationship. He made us for relationship. He made us for connection. And it's essential, it's essential for community, for connection, for us to have relationship with one another. It's intrinsic, it's inside of us, it's part of our nature. It's who God made us to be. And we need to guard that. We need to guard the way we do community and connection in our lifestyle. But the one thing that we need to really come to grips with and understand right now is everything has changed. Everything has changed about how we do it and about how we stay connected and stay engaged and stay in relationship with one another. I know for me, I have been so incredibly thankful for the technology that we have in FaceTime and live chat and all of the different apps that we have out there to keep us connected. It's been so encouraging to me to be able to see the face on the other side of that screen and know that they literally may be on the other side of the world, but to me in that moment, they feel really close. I feel connected with them and I feel like they're able to see me and they're able to not just hear the tone of my voice, but see the expression on my face, and that I am able to see them in the same way. And it brings me such comfort in that. And I don't know about any of you, but let's be real. How many of us are really thankful for Netflix right now and Disney Plus for our kids that are keeping us going a little bit and giving us a little bit of sanity right now? So in those times, you know, right now I really feel like, you know, all of the change that's happening is what is going to propel us into some new things that are coming about. There's a saying that I uh, grew up with and that I'm sure that many of you have heard of. It's very familiar. It's called, necessity is the mother of invention. And so much of what we have today, all of the strides and all of the progress that we made in our world of because there was a need. And somebody said, I want to meet that need. So they decided to get creative and think out of the box and meet that need. So I want to encourage us, church, that that needs to be us. That needs to be what we say. That that propels us to say, there's a need. Lord, give us the mind of Christ. Give us that creativity. Let us lead the way and how we navigate through this change, on how we come up with all those creative ways and creative ideas to continue to get connection with one another, to stay close with one another, to build relationship, and to serve our community. You know, it's our hope that through all of this, that Pastor RJ and I, we're believing that because of how we respond 
as a community, how we respond as a church, how we respond as a body of Christ. When this crisis is over, this too will pass, that we are going to welcome through our doors a multitude of people who have been so blessed by us as we serve our community and that we are going to open our doors and welcome so many people again to be with us and to serve our Lord Jesus Christ because of how we showed them how much we care. But in order to do this, in order to be able to um, navigate change properly, there's some things that we need to do to make sure that we also are taking care of ourselves. You know, the saying goes, you know, you have to be able to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. You know, to give you a picture of this, you know that when you're traveling on a plane and they always tell you that oxygen mask drops and they say, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first, take care of yourself and then go help someone else. So church, that's what we really need to make sure that we're doing too, is make sure we're doing some proper self-care to take care of ourselves and then we're going to help somebody else. And I just want to read um, a scripture to you this morning in Proverbs 4, 23. And this is one of the ways that we're going to be helping ourselves. And that is, guard your heart above all else, for out of it determines the course of your life. So that's one of the ways that's going to be your oxygen. And one of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we guard our heart, you know, I've said it before, is that we are not to be stuffing our emotions and stuffing our feelings and shoving them aside. But the actual, like, secret and the one key to being able to guard your heart is that you actually give yourself permission, give your heart room to experience those feelings and those emotions that you're going through. It's important that you don't get stuck in them, but that you're going through them and that you're experiencing them. But there's one important essential key that is absolutely necessary is that you process those feelings with truth. And that truth is the Word of God. The Word of God encourages us. It reminds us. It tells us that we need to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. That we take it to the cross of Christ so that we're able to take that emotion that we're feeling in that moment, that truth that we need to apply it to what we're feeling and that we're able to process it rightly in a healthy way, that we're able to have clarity of thought, clarity of mind and purpose, and that we're able to make good decisions with wisdom and discernment and understanding, decisions that when this is over, Decisions that we made in this moment, in this crisis, we will be happy with those decisions. And we don't have to be afraid, and we don't have to be scared about what will happen. You know, there's some natural things that we need to do that will help us to be able to turn off those voices. That we need to be able to take some time to quiet our mind. You know, it's okay. If you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with fear, if you're struggling with worry, then it's probably not a good idea to have the news rolling and social media scrolling through your calendar 24-7 or through your, your device 24-7 through your feed. It's probably not the best thing to do. It's good that we are informed and that we take specific times and in, be intentional about finding out what's going on, but then 
We are in control of those devices. They're not in control of us, that we put them aside. And that we take the time to feed our soul. You know, pick up your Bible. Let's listen to some worship music. Um, let's take the time. I'm sure there's many of us, you know, we're practicing social distancing. We're close-knit with our families right now, huddled in our homes. You know, grab a family member. Give them a hug. Have some conversation with them. Open up some conversation with them. Take the time, maybe cook a meal together. I don't know, play a game of cards. Go fish. <laughs> um, grab a board game. Play some board, um, some board games together. Be intentional about doing some things that are going to be helpful in this time to, you know, take our minds off of the crisis going on. Um, in Romans 8, 28, you know, the Word of God admonishes us that we know that God causes everything to work together for our good, for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. You know, when I read some scriptures lately, especially certain ones, they really hit me differently in these times. They really nourish my soul. And if I sit and allow myself to get quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit, lean into Him and trust Him, I really see them with new eyes. You know, and one of those scriptures for me lately has been Matthew 6, 31 to 34. And it says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I don't know about you, but it seems like every day is bringing along some other change. And that just today right now, for that, that scripture is hitting me differently lately. Because just today right now has enough to just try to deal with and try to comprehend, to try to work through and process that tomorrow... By the time I end up trying to think about what I have to deal with and, and for tomorrow, it's already changing and how we have to deal with what's going on for tomorrow. So I really have been leaning into that scripture lately. RJ, is there one that's been hitting you lately? Oh, there's been a few that have been hitting me lately, sweetie. Um, how many of you are really enjoying the new set that we're using right now? I think our team did a fantastic job changing up the stage a little yes, bit to give did. us this so we could kind of sit here and chat with all of you. <laughs> um, I like having my wife up here with me when we can do that. We're going to do that as much as possible. Our new cups. Yep, our yep, new cups. our new cups. Mary See, all kinds of things changing. <laughs> so that said, yes, 2 Timothy 1.7 is a verse that I've just been really praying over our church right now and it says for god has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline so never be ashamed to tell others about our lord and don't be ashamed of me either even though i'm in prison for him with the strength god gives you be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news 
the world's changed. The world is changing, but it has been changed now. And it's not a time for us to be afraid or for us to be timid. It's a time for us to rise up. It's a time for us to share the hope that God has placed within us. And he's given us hope. He's given us this message about Jesus. This is our greatest hour. This is our time to shine. This is our time to not be ashamed of the truth that God has given us. But this is the time because there's a huge void in the culture. The gods of entertainment, the gods of sports, the god of money, they've all been cast down. People's idols have fallen. And in the time when people's idols are fallen, they start looking around for something else to worship. And we have an obligation. We need to start pointing people to Jesus Christ. We need to start pointing people to the way, the truth, and the life, the only hope that's going to lead them down the path of life. So we want to make sure that we try to do that right now, but... As we're going through this message today, I wanted to kind of cover, hey, the early church was birthing a time of great change, in a season of great change. And I mean, really, from the time of the resurrection of Jesus, you see where the Christians, the Christ followers, they broke away from Judaism and they started Christianity. And there was a whole process that they went through. And disciples had to make decisions daily. And I, I don't even know that they always made the best decision, but they prayerfully and constantly considered what God had to say and did the best that they could with what was being thrown at them every day. And it was a very volatile environment at that time as the church was being birthed. You know, you start, let's just look at the book of Acts for a little bit. In Acts chapter 1, you see they had to uh, replace Judas. And uh, so they prayed and they identified a couple of leaders that could possibly meet the criteria that Peter set out, and then they voted. And Matthias was chosen by popular vote in Acts chapter 1. They had to make a decision and they were able to navigate that. In Acts 2, you see the Holy Spirit came like fire and power, and all of a sudden they're preaching and 3,000 people get saved. Suddenly the church is growing like almost 25% or uh, 250% bigger. So you went from like 120 to like 3,000 in the church in one day. Well, when your church grows that quick, anyone that's been doing it for a while will tell you, you have to make some changes to the way that you do things because you minister to 120 people differently than you do to 3,000. The style of worship changed. They moved away from Judaism and the sacrifices and the ceremonial law. Think about this. When Jesus died and the veil was torn in the temple, that changed everything. Because now, I mean, that's going to mess with their theology because suddenly we know that the presence of God no longer lives in a box, the Ark of the Covenant. It lives inside of our hearts. Then they started partaking of the Lord's Supper and they started meeting together in homes. They also met in the synagogues. They also met in the temple. So they had the mass gatherings. Well, they were allowed to do that then. Uh, And then they had the meetings in the homes. And we're having a mass gathering right now. We're just doing it electronically. As my wife said, thank God for technology. But you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting at that point in the early church, those who had more always shared with those who had less. And it wasn't so much about the legalism of the old covenant law where they would stand on the street corner and say, okay, let's blow a trumpet. It's time to give to the poor. Here's one for you and one for you. It was more an act of love that they saw and identified needs. And one of the things that's brought the most joy to my heart through this whole situation is watching people 
who have more toilet paper distributing it to people that have less or watching people that have more food distributing it to people that have less. And I've been in touch with a couple of the people that have been kind of shut in right now and they keep telling me, oh yeah, we're all good. People keep bringing us food. People keep bringing us all that we need. So I want to encourage all of you right now, if you know someone that's locked up in their house, give them a call, see if they need something. And if they need something, go meet the need if it's within your ability to do so. Absolutely. Um, just a side note that, you know, we were just praying for all of the emergency workers and all of the personnel and the emergency services people. You know, after a long, hard day and hours and hours of serving us and helping us, the last thing I'm sure that they want to do is go stand in the line to try to buy toilet paper and all of the essentials and necessities for their family. If you know someone and if you are connected in relationship with someone, I encourage you, offer to go and stand in line for them, to go and get whatever they need and pick up whatever they need for them and their families. That would be such a help, I'm sure, and such a blessing to them if you could serve them in that way. Amen? So going back to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3 and 4, you know, you see a miracle where the crippled beggar gets healed. And suddenly, now you've got the leaders in the church are starting to get arrested, but the church is growing, and now we're up to 5,000 men in the church. So I can imagine with women and children that it was considerably larger than that at that time. And then, you know, it wasn't also in that chapter, you see, God didn't just use the ones that were educated or trained up in the religious system of the day. God can use anyone, and the key was people who spend time with Jesus. If you're spending time with Jesus on a daily basis, he's going to transform you from the inside out, and you will have the ability to go out in his name, and you will transform the culture. And, and even the religious leaders noted that the disciples had spent time with Jesus because they spoke with authority. They spoke with boldness. And, you know, I think this is our hour to start speaking with some authority and to start speaking with some boldness so that we can declare the truth that God has placed inside of our hearts and we don't have to deal with the nonsense of humanism anymore. Chapter 4 ends with the testimony of a man who sold some property and gave it to the poor. Chapter 5 picks up with this couple who sold some land, but then they kept back a part of the purchase price and pretended like they were giving all the money to the poor. This created another situation in the church because you had this couple that was lying to the Holy Spirit. Uh, God judged them. They both died. Uh, and as they carried them out, and Peter kind of sums it up and says, hey, the money was yours. You could do with it what you want. You could keep it. You didn't have to give anything to the poor. But his point was, why are you trying to portray an image of yourself that isn't real? Why are you lying about your service to Christ or, or your service to the poor? And, and I think that that was another thing that they had to solve back in that day. They had crossed the line. The chapter ends with daily meetings at the temple and at the church from house to house. Then suddenly you see conflict entered in, and all of a sudden there's this division in the church between two groups of people. And it was the, the Hebrew widows and the Greek widows, and they were kind of upset about how much food each one was getting and, and the disciples. So what they did is they had to come up with a solution. So they prayed and they set seven men in. You know, Stephen that you see martyred shortly afterwards was one of the men that, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that they put to administrate the food so that everybody got their fair share, and it eliminated one of the problems. So they were constantly adapting and constantly adjusting uh, as they went through this, and a new solution came online. Uh, Acts 8, you see Stephen martyred, missionary trips to Samaria with Philip, another one of those seven men that was chosen, and, you know, uh, 
you had a, a sorcerer who was converted and not yet sanctified who tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit, so they had to come up with another solution. I think it was rebuke. <laughs> and then the chapter ends with an amazing miracle where uh, Philip is preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch, which is really outside of the box. So see, you're starting to see where the gospel is going to these Gentile nations at this point. He would have actually probably been banned from the sanctuary under Judaism because he was a eunuch, but... In the new covenant, God is starting to open up the door for all men and all women, no matter where they're coming from, to find their way into faith. And you know, maybe you've tuned into our stream today, maybe one of, our, maybe one of your friends shared it to your timeline on Facebook, or maybe you were just searching for something about change because the world has changed on your YouTube channel or, or maybe on your live stream. But you know, one of the things that I always like to do when I'm talking to people is share the hope that Jesus gives us. Because see, all of us were sinners and God sent Jesus to earth to come and pay the debt of our sins so that we could be restored to relationship with God. And if we're willing to repent of our sin and turn from it, give our lives to God, he'll give us a new heart, he'll change us from the inside out and he'll start working inside of your life. He'll light you from the inside. We call it born again. God will change your heart. He'll change your ways. He'll change your passion towards him if you'll just repent of your sin. And this is the message of hope that we talk about. And you see all through the book of Acts, they were preaching this message of repentance and this message of turning to Jesus to look to him as the only solution for our sin. You know, and I find it interesting, Philip, immediately afterwards, he gets taken to Azotus. It's like 30 kilometers away, and all of a sudden, he's preaching in Azotus. Then you see Paul appears, and Paul, man, everything got rocked <laughs> when Paul came on the scene. Because, you know, at that time, you see Peter has this vision, and Cornelius sends some messengers to meet Peter. And Peter, as a Jew, would not be allowed to go associate with the Gentile. He wouldn't even be allowed to go in his house. But he has this vision about this unclean food coming down. And God says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And man, did this create some chaos. So you see, really, Peter uh, was the one who, with Philip, were the ones that were originally taking the message of hope to the Gentiles. They were taking the gospel of the kingdom to the Gentiles. Paul came along later, and he, he did a lot of work with the Gentiles. You know, he even called himself, I think, an apostle to the Gentiles at one point. But Peter and Philip had already started this process. It began, but it created so much controversy, they actually had to have a big meeting a little bit later. And this is 15 to 25 years after the resurrection. The Jews had to get together. This is James and Peter and John and the apostle Paul and some of the leaders at the church in Jerusalem and they had to come up with some solutions for the Gentiles coming into the kingdom. And they, they came up with their ruling at the Jerusalem Council. You know, they talked about how abstain from fornication and don't eat meat that's been strangled and, and don't eat blood and, and you know. So <clears throat> this was the rules that they placed on the Gentiles at that time. And then in Acts 12, you see James was killed. So the leader of the church got murdered by uh, Herod. Peter was arrested and miraculously escaped. Then all of a sudden, the political situation changed and Herod dies. So now they're making all these adjustments. They were constantly in a state of adjustment, constantly in a state of change. I kind of feel that way today as we're navigating through all of this with the, the COVID-19 that's going on right now. 
we're constantly in a state of change. It seems like every day there's new things that are coming out and there's new things that we have to deal with. And I mean, if you would have told me six months ago that we'd be sitting here on a Sunday morning with an empty sanctuary, I mean, what's there, five people in here right now? You know, uh, preaching to you over the internet, um, I, I might have thought... You have to be willing to try something new. Yeah, so we're, we're making some adjustments in how we minister to people and how we take the message of hope to others and even how we assemble and how we gather has had to get adjusted right now. And, you know, the early church prayerfully and fearlessly solve situations as they arose. So we're prayerfully and fearlessly solving situations as they arose. So here's some of the things that we've been able to solve a little bit. We now stream our 9 o'clock and our 11 o'clock service on Sunday and our 7 o'clock service on Wednesday night. So those are available to people. And, and every now and then people can't watch them at those times, but they can rewatch them later because we archive them. Uh, we have a live prayer on Facebook from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock Monday through Friday, so you're welcome to tune in with us to pray for one hour every day. Uh, if you've got nothing else going on, join us and pray. The Bible tells us we need to pray more. It's been a blessing. It's been a real blessing. I've been enjoying that hour of That hour of prayer, yes. And then we're releasing encouraging words, mostly through Facebook. We're putting some of them up on our website as we're able to do so, uh, including, but not limited to, I know the Kids Church has been putting out some videos for your children, so you can have your children watch the videos. I think they're going through the fruit of the Spirit right now. And then the youth is doing a live stream on Friday night uh, for all of the young people. I think they had 1,000 views on that uh, from, from Friday for that message that went out. Uh, now, I know that uh, Pastor Brian and Karen have taken the Genesis class and the Celebrate Recovery, and they've actually created online communities with the Zoom app. And, and as frustrating that is for some, uh, it's a way that we can have connection right now through the video conferencing. And an opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. Take an opportunity to learn something new and change. For sure. We have to face our fears about going online and, and, and really start moving beyond that. And then Pastor Larry has been working really hard with the mentor leaders to get all of our mentor groups into an online community through the Zoom app. And we're using some of the tools that we have available to us so that we can best reach the culture at hand. You know, and, and we still have some concerns. It's very difficult for us to do face-to-face -face visits right now. Uh, you know, you can't even really get into the hospitals unless someone's about to die. Uh, you can't even, but what we can do, uh, we're trying to do. So we're lifting up people daily. Um, you know, if something's going on in your life and you want some prayer, make sure you give us a call here at the office and we'll get someone. Uh, there's not too many people coming into the office right now, but we'll, we'll, we'll get someone, leave a message, email us. We'll get someone that can pray with you and believe God with you. And you know, in 1 Peter 5, it talks about this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard and from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We're kind of living in a time right now. It's a day and age where people's emotions are all over the map and people are experiencing everything from fear and anxiety to faith and hope. And, you know, there's worry and there's disappointment that people are going through. 
we want to start following the scriptures, not that we haven't been, but we need to make sure that we're aligning ourselves with the Word of God, where we're actually fixing our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and where we're praying about everything and we're seeking God for wisdom and guidance and direction. And you know, stay tuned as we continue to do this. We will bring more solutions online um, as we have the capacity to do so. So I'd like to read for you a scripture Philippians 4, verses 6 to 9. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I'd just like to say to all of you that if the enemy is lying to you and telling you that you're alone, it's a lie. I just read in the scriptures right now, and as we know, it's a very real thing right now all over the world that we are all going through this COVID crisis together. And believers all over the world are navigating through this crisis along with you together. So it's really important that we do what the scripture says, that we do stay alert, that the enemy is looking for an open door and a foothold to get into your life, to get into your heart, to get into your mind. The battle here really is going to be in your mind to make sure that you are being on guard and guarding your heart. But you're not alone. I know that, you know, many of us, I, I don't know that there's a one person that has not been struggling through and walking through some disappointment over the last couple weeks. Let's remember to be considerate to one another. Let's be, remember to be considerate of one another and that we are, um, you know, remembering that we are all different. And based on the different experiences that we are going through or have been through, this is such an emotionally charged time. And we are all being triggered by different things. And there are a lot of triggers happening right now. And for those of us even who like change and it's, it's exhilarating and it's exciting, this is a lot of change even for us. And people who don't like change, this can be something that's really uh, fearful and causes a lot of anxiety and we need to be considerate of those people around us and even our family members and that who are really struggling right now and that we are considerate and that we're coming alongside each other and helping each other and that you know we've walked through some disappointment I know I'm not alone our family we have walked through some disappointment we've had to walk our children through some disappointment in this last week um, and help them to understand and to grasp all of a sudden why they can't see any more friends and they can't have any more play dates and there's no more socializing when I don't know about your kids but our kids are really social and they and they thrive they they want to be with their peers they thrive on those relationships and connections and and to take that away from them and without trying to tell them we're not punishing you we really are not punishing you but this is something that's necessary for your safety for your health for everyone around you that you know we're showing care and concern for each other that we're you know trying to practice the social distancing because we don't want to be the ones that infect somebody else you know and 
um, disappointment with canceled events and different things going on. And as a parent, you know, we're, we're invested in those events ourselves and those experiences that we're never, we're not going to get to have. And walking through and processing our own disappointment and our own frustration, there's been a lot of, a lot of things that have been going on. Um, I've even um, heard of a couple of people that they had to cancel their wedding. I mean, really, honestly, could you imagine that whole year? I know what it was like for us trying to plan our wedding. That whole year of planning and preparation and excitement and anticipation building up to that day, and then you have to cancel it or, or postpone. All of that, that, you know, looking forward to one of the most beautiful days of your life only to have it, you know, be postponed, you know. And if, if you're, you know, in that, if you know somebody that had to cancel their wedding, my goodness, or walking through disappointment, you know, with our kids, that we give them the room you know, to feel that disappointment. Um, that, you know, we've done lots of tears shed in our house over disappointment and things that have happened and things they're not going to get to do. And, you know, hug them, cry with them, you know, sit down with them too and express that, you know, mom and dad, you know, we're feeling some frustration too. We're feeling some disappointment too. And that you are not alone. All over the world, there are other families, guys, that are going through the same thing. They, too, aren't having playdates and socializing. They, too, aren't being able to have the engagements. And, you know, uh, for us, too, as a family, we've had to walk through some things. And, you know, just recently, um, my uncle passed away last week. And I have to tell you, it was such a different experience. Um, lonely, isolated. Even though other people were in the room, you know how sometimes you can be in a room full of people and you feel really alone? Well, this really was what it felt like. You know, the, the funeral home did the best they could. They did the best they could with making the best out of a situation that they couldn't control. Um, but, you know, people had to stay away because of quarantine and travel and everything else, and they couldn't come to hug us. You know, it's, it's intrinsic, it's our nature, it's, it's instinct to want to, when you see somebody you care about, to want to hug them or embrace them or just, you know, let them know that, yeah, I'm happy to see you. And, or to, in, in this time with my, when my uncle passed away, to want to hug and be comforted um, by the people that you love, and to want to go and to, and to all, to, you know, hesitate and go to, you know, want to hug them, but, you know, you can't, you know, we had to have chairs exactly measured six feet apart in the funeral home so that, you know, we, were, we weren't touching, we couldn't touch. We had to, you know, bow before each other and put our hand over our heart, you know, to express sympathy and love. And it was, it was different. You know, there was no gathering together after to uh, celebrate my uncle's life. Uh, it was, you just said goodbye at the funeral home and you left. There was no committal, there was nothing. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, that was something I had to, I had to process, I had to think about. And I was just like, you know, God, wow. I'm, I'm really missing that connection. I'm really missing, you know, the, that support and that community, that connection and relationship with um, my family. And it's so necessary. It's so important. And it's so, you know, it's so important that we're thankful. Even in the midst of all of this, that we are thankful for what we can be thankful for in the midst of all of this, that there are things to be thankful for and that we keep our eyes on him, and that we want to be hopeful. And that one of the things that I just want to encourage you to do, you know, there's, 
one of the keys to also guarding your heart is making sure you yourself as a believer find your secret place you know that place in jesus where nothing can touch you where you have faith that is so strong that can move a mountain where your faith is so strong it's more impossible that god couldn't do it than that no one would be able to convince you that he couldn't do it he can and that you know you're nothing can touch you there and that you are able to feed yourself and that's your oxygen you know for me there's like been some worship songs that I have been listening to that have been my oxygen that have been what I have been grabbing hold to to minister to my soul to minister to myself when I'm feeling anxious when I'm feeling afraid when worry might start to overtake me you know there's one of the songs um, that I've been listening to one of the phrases in it is you know fear can go to hell and I'm you know what I don't mix words I tell the fear right where to go and how to get there that that's where it belongs and that's where it needs to be and that's where it's gonna stay and I am confident and I believe and I know that God is for me he's not against me and there's um, one of my life verses I want to share with you is number six 24 to 26 and it's may the Lord bless and protect you may the Lord smile upon you may he be gracious to you may the Lord show his favor and give you his peace you know I've been so blessed recently um, Carrie Job and Elevation Worship they have taken like my life scripture and made a song to it and it has just been so amazing I play that song over and over again and it really ministers to me it really feeds my soul so I just encourage you you need to find your secret place if you don't have one you need to get one you have time now you need to look for it you need to find that place in him and encourage yourself strong in the Lord so what we'd like to do right now is we'd like to celebrate the Lord's Supper together and take communion. So if you didn't have a chance to grab your elements ahead of time, now would be a good chance to go grab them. Last week, I was talking to one of our members right afterwards on, on Facebook, and she was sharing with me that they didn't have time to get crackers and juice, so she grabbed a flour, a sugar-free cookie and some chocolate milk. And that's what they had to do communion with uh, last week. So that's creative. I'll, I'll, you know what? Coming up with new solutions, new solutions right? Absolutely. So let's let's go with what's available to us. And uh, so we have some elements with us right now, and uh, we'll take the bread first. So, Lord Jesus, Father, we come before you, and Lord, we know, we believe, and we choose to believe that even though we may be walking through some disappointment right now, we may be walking through fear and worry, frustration. Maybe we're angry about what's happening in the situation that we're in. And maybe we were, you were already facing a tough time before this all happened. And this just compounded and multiplied, amplified everything. Know that God is faithful. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are faithful. And even in this time, we know and we believe that your broken body makes us whole. We thank you. And we receive it now. I know I do with new eyes, believing and knowing that 
your broken body made us whole again. So I thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. I thank you that you were so merciful to us. I thank you for your loving kindness. Lord God, I thank you that you protect us, that you guard us and keep us. Lord, I thank you that you would smile upon your children, that you would be gracious to us. Lord Jesus, that you would show us your favor and give us your perfect peace. In Jesus' name. In the cup which represents the blood of Christ, Father, I thank you for the cup in our hand. And as we navigate change in our own lives, in our own culture, in our own world, I thank you that you're right there with us and you give us all the wisdom we need every single day. And we're purposing to focus on the good things, to focus on hope and peace and truth. And Lord, I, I thank you that each person that's listening today can take the hope within them and share it with others boldly and unashamedly. And Lord, as we together navigate some change, we thank you for the cross, which changed everything once and for all, where we can receive forgiveness for our sins and gain eternal life. So be glorified in us, Lord, through us today in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'd like to draw all of your attention to our uh, Give Now button. And uh, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And we want to thank you, especially Windsor Christian Fellowship congregants who have been faithful with the tithe through this season. I know some of you have been a little challenged trying to bring the tithe into us as you don't use credit cards. So I'll let you know we did bring um, e-transfers online right now. So you can e-transfer money directly from your account. Giving at wcf.ca is the uh, email address that you send that to. Uh, you don't have to give us a password. We're registered for auto deposit. All you have to do is put your name, address, and phone number in the message box when you transfer, especially your name and phone number, so we can make sure that we receive uh, the correct person for the donation at that time. Um, with e-transfer, I think the hardest part is actually setting up the account that you're going to give it to. My bank makes me uh, receive a phone call to put an authorization number in to add a new user, but... Once you do that, you can just go right into your bank account. It's just like paying a bill. You hit e-transfer, WCF, goes to giving at wcf.ca, and you can transfer cash right from your account to ours. Some banks will even let you do that for free. At any rate, we do appreciate your faithfulness in this area. And for those of you that maybe found this by accident or maybe this isn't your home church, I just want to ask you to consider maybe a 10 or a $20 donation as we go through this right now and as we want to continue to bring the good news to everyone, every, every little bit helps right now as we're all going through this together. And I'll encourage all of you, we want to we wanna put the tithe first. If we're putting God first in our life, we want to pay the tithe first, and then we're going to trust God that he's going to help us to pay for everything else. So Father, as we sow in faith today, I thank you that you rebu rebuke the devourer from our life. And Lord, even in the midst of this, I was talking to one friend earlier today, and he told me he's getting overtime in the midst of the crisis. And I thank you, Lord, that you're the way maker for each and every one of our congregants, and you provide for their every need. Lord, I thank you that our bills are paid and our debts are eliminated in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us today. We appreciate and value you taking time out of your life to stream with us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you all. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone.